Now, I don't know how you feel about it, but Christmas really does change everything. Okay, I, I don't know whether you are a, a Yuletide seasonal superfan or whether a bit more of a cynic, but it changes everything. It changes the clothes we wear. I can see some really impressive Christmas jumpers with us this evening. I feel I need to up my game, but I'm guessing they're great jumpers. I'm guessing they spend most of the year in the drawer. Um, it changes the clothes we wear. It changes the movies that we watch. So my wife, um, she can't bear action films, but she's really fine with a classic Christmas movie. So I am really looking forward to um, watching Die Hard on Christmas Eve. Um, it just changes everything, like turkey. Let's be honest, turkey does not taste of anything. I've said it. It's, it's true. It tastes of the sauce you put on it. I didn't buy any turkey all year, and now, let alone buy more turkey than any human can possibly eat, or, or pudding. No one this year has offered me pudding that is not only burnt, but actually on fire. But it's Christmas, and so we squeeze the turkey into the oven. Don't get me started on Brussels sprouts, and for some reason we set the dessert on fire. Even, even the darkness changed, hasn't it? The darkness changes. Even in the midst of winter, an otherwise lonely and miserable dark night, just seeing the twinkling in people's lights or around the Christmas tree, it suddenly feels lovely and warm and cozy. Even a child who's normally really scared of the dark would just um, really think it nothing to sneak down before dawn and give those presents under the tree a shake. We know that Christmas changes everything. And let's be honest, I think that is what all of us want. Whether we are a cynic, or whether we're a little bit more sentimental, whether we're a big kid, or a ground-down grown-up. We love that hope, we love that feeling that things can change. And, and the good news that I'd love just to share with us, just for a moment this evening, is, is that that feeling, that sense we have, that hope, that we feel, well, that is onto something. It touches something very true. And we heard, we heard that good news in one of our first readings. If you would, just flick back to where it says Isaiah chapter 11 over the page. Because I'd love us just to reflect on these words because here there's the good news that Jesus changes everything. You see, these verses hold Jesus out to us like a gift, and they say, look, Jesus changes everything. Look up and see the gift. Reach out for that gift. Take hold and make that gift your own, because Jesus changes everything. Now, these words in Isaiah 11, they're words of an ancient song, and like any song, it could be a bit hard to understand when you hear the lyrics read, but when we tune in to what he's singing about, we can hear that it's a gift that changes everything. I mean, it begins in the midst of a messed up and broken world. Uh, hundreds of years before Jesus was born, Isaiah, the prophet who wrote these words, looked around him and, and he saw a people, a people who were broken, a people who were sort of fallen like a rotted tree. I mean, the stunted stump that he describes in that first line, well, that's a description 
That's a description of that people. But it's a description of all people. It's an image of the brokenness, an image of the fallenness of our world and of each of our lives. But here's the thing. In the midst of that brokenness, he sings of the promise that from this family, from this broken stump, a shoot will branch out and will bring life. Just look at how that first line says, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. And, and the one who comes to us in the midst of the brokenness is God himself offering himself as the gift, as the gift that changes everything. And that's what these next few lines describe. They, they, they describe the one who is full of the Spirit of God and the one who shares the character of God because he is the one who is God. The branch rising out of the ruins is God coming down from the heavens. And as we hear more of the readings tonight, as we hear more of the story of Jesus, we find that these words look ahead to him. These words look ahead to Jesus. That Jesus, the one born, Jesus, the one born amidst the brokenness and all the fallenness, well, that Jesus is God in all his beauty and all his fullness. Jesus is the one who comes to us amidst the ruins. Jesus is God come down from heaven. And so these verses hold Jesus out to us. They, they, they call us amidst the mess and the mundane of our lives. They call us amidst the everyday and the dark nights of our eyes, of our lives. They call us to look up, to see Jesus. Jesus, the gift that changes everything. And I think when we look for change and when we long for change, so often we look within at the things we could do, or, or so often we look around at the things that we feel others should do. But let's be honest, looking in is always just so exhausting. And looking around is only ever ultimately disappointing. It, it makes me think of the end of that M&S advert. I don't know if you saw this year's M&S advert, but it ends with Hannah Waddingham taking all the Christmas decorations and then putting them in a wood chipper and boom, ending with this cloud of glitter. And the, and the advert is saying, yes, celebrate yourself. Look inside yourself. But here's the thing, a hope that comes from within, a hope that is resting on others, well, it can never be any more than that cloud of glitter. It might look impressive for a bit, but pretty soon it falls and just settles around us and joins us in the dirt. You see, we need a hope that's more substantial than a cloud of glitter. 
We so often want to look in. We so often want to look around. But these verses here call us to look up. Don't miss this gift, they say. Look up and see Jesus. So these first few verses call us to look up, see Jesus, see this gift. And we will think more about how this gift can be ours after we hear and sing our next two songs. Well, Jesus is that gift that changes everything. And like any gift, you receive it with empty hands. And so do turn back to that reading from Isaiah 11, because the next few lines describe how we can receive this gift. if, If the first line there in Isaiah 11 called us to look up and see Jesus, and and we see Jesus there, as Isaiah 11 carries on, we see that Jesus changes everything because Jesus fixes everything. He sets everything right. When Jesus comes in verses 1 and 2, he comes to judge where it has the little number three onto num- the little number five. He comes to judge. He's, he's the judge who's, who's fair with the, with the verse three. He's the judge who's good in verse four. He's the judge that does what's right in verse five. As God comes down from heaven, as God meets us in the ruins, he comes to judge so that those ruins can be put right. And that is, that's great news as I look at the brokenness of our world. But that's also unsettling news as I look and see and recognize the part I play in that brokenness. Because as the judge comes, well, in verse 3, he knows my heart. And so the question posed to us right in the middle in verse 4 is, will we reach out with empty hands or turn against him and be judged? This Christmas, we um, put together a calendar of photos from throughout the year. I don't know if others have done this. It is a great present. It's always a winner. It takes forever to put together. It's always a winner. A Christmas calendar with photos of the family um, to give to the grandparents. But when the photo, uh, when the calendar arrived, it was left outside of the front door, and it was left in the rain, and it was completely ruined. Um, all that photos of, that, of, the, of the past year, all those happy moments, uh, they were completely spoiled, and we couldn't use it. And I wonder if that is how we sometimes feel about our lives. We, we see our lives, and yeah, we see the happy moments, but actually we see those moments stained so often by sorrow and loss. Oh yeah, we see good times, but we see also alongside the good times moments of brokenness. And if we're honest, we see the part we play in that brokenness. The pride that hurts those we love, the selfishness that keeps us apart. Could say that in a dozen ways, every day, we add our little tears to those relationships and those moments around us. And worse, we reject the God who has come to us 
We don't just pull apart from those around us. We pull apart from the God who loves us. We ignore him. We reject him. We belittle him. We do it to those we love, and we do it to the God who loves us. And so often we keep acting like this and pretend that there's no problem. We keep living like this and we pretend that nothing has happened. But the Jesus who comes at Christmas is the Jesus who has come to judge. He knows our hearts, like it says in verse three. And so the question in verse four is, will we recognize our need for him and reach out and be saved? Or will we tear ourselves apart from him and be judged? These verses confront us with Jesus, the judge who knows our hearts. It calls us to let go of a life lived apart from him. It calls us to reach out with empty hands to receive him. And as we reach out with empty hands, we are invited to accept and take hold of the gift he brings. We're invited to take hold of it and accept it. And and the final few lines of that reading, it's as if they peek into the present and, and they show us what Jesus does as he comes to his world. They show us to, to encourage us to take hold of it. Because when Jesus comes in verses one and two, he comes to judge in verses three to five and will one day, in verses six to nine, one day he will bring healing to our broken world. That's what the last few lines describe. They're a, they're a beautiful picture of those last few lines of healing, a beautiful picture of wholeness. The wolf will lie with the lamb, the cow will feed with the bear, the infant will play near the cobra's den. I mean, the scene is almost comical because it's a scene that is just unthinkable, but it's a scene that is wonderful. Because the hope that Jesus offers is a home where fear and pain and suffering are simply unthinkable. That for those who look to him, for those who reach out to him, well, their eternal home is described there. And just take a look at it at verse 9. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The hope of those who know Jesus, the hope of those who reach out, who receive Jesus, their hope is a home in which every tear is wiped away, in which every sad thing becomes untrue. That is the hope of those who know Jesus, an eternal home with Jesus. You see, when we um, pulled those calendars out of the rain, there was just nothing we could do. We couldn't fix it. There was nothing that we could do to make it better. We had to ask for them to be replaced. And sure enough, a few days later, someone came and rang the bell. And what did we do when that person rang the bell? 
We certainly didn't say leave it outside. No. We looked up when the bell rang. We reached out and we took hold. We took hold of what was given to replace it. We took and we accepted the calendars that were made right, put right, made new. Now these verses call us to do something similar. They call us to do something similar, but so much better. Not a few photos of a few months of happy memories, but the certain hope of an eternal home of perfect joy for all who take hold of Jesus. All who take hold of Jesus receive him and accept him as their Lord. Christmas changes everything because Jesus changes everything. Jesus has come. Look up and see him. Reach out, take hold, and receive him. Christmas changes everything because Jesus changes everything. And I pray that Jesus, this Christmas, might change everything for you.